0: I wouldn't even know how to do that. What do you do, just like walk up to random people and go, hey, blah, 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 sports. Welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, podcast, a part of the Dynasty sports Empire.com podcast network, dare I say the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire podcast network. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports with, shall we say, a lighter approach to what most people consider a very serious undertaking. On the show today, episode 85, recording on November 29th, 2022, World Cup recap with USA through the group stage, college football reactions with championship Sunday, Championship Saturday on the docket, they don't play on Sunday, they play on Saturday. The NFL is two-thirds through the season somehow, and we check in to see where we're at. For more, you can follow us at DSE Podcast on Twitter. Let's get right into it. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Roman, alongside me tonight, and every night is a guy who will only want to talk Jets this week, Tim Reinhart. Welcome, Tim.
1: That's right. Mike White, let's go. You know what the best thing about Mike White is, is that he's got one of those names where you you just got to say both first and last name. Like you can't, yeah, he's a, You can't just say yeah. white. You gotta say Mike White. He's a two name guy. He's definitely a two name. Yeah, guy. yeah. You know, it, absolutely. It, and uh, you know, I'm I'm just glad that we took last week off uh, because I was in a much. Well, let's just say that last calendar week was not my not my week for my sports teams. Uh, it started the Sunday with the. Uh, with the miserable Jets loss to the Patriots uh only getting hundred yards with everybody calling out Zach Wilson by name or by um what do you call it by uh by innu or uh innuendo um then it ends with Ohio State taking an absolute uh shellacking um from the team up north. So it it bookended pretty poorly. Um, I'm just glad that Mike White was there to save things uh, for for this week.
0: All right, so let let's um I'll give you the choice. Okay. Where do you where do you want to start? All right. Well, I we got
1: I got a little go rant I think about this Ohio State Michigan football game.
0: Let's get it um, let's get it. Let's get it right out of the way on the yeah, top. Yeah.
1: So I am shocked at A couple of things. One, I like, I like Ryan Day. I like, um, that he's been able to continue the success of the program after Urban Meyer. Um, what I don't like is he seems to have a knack in these big games for tightening up play calling around the end zone, um, you look back to not just this Michigan game, but the game against Clemson in the first of the college football playoffs, his first year, and um, they got into the red zone. Uh, the first the first quarter was all Ohio State in this Michigan game. Um, ran up and down the field, and were only able to execute field goal attempts. And if they can convert those into touchdowns. Just like, you know, when they played Clemson three years ago in that semifinal game, you're blowing them out. This isn't even a game that we have to worry about. Um, But for some reason, if Ryan Day's offenses seem to only be able to score on explosive long plays, and that's just not going to cut it. And, you know, at some point, um, it's funny. I watched the game with my parents and, you know, my, my parents know a little bit of football and, but my mom kept on being like, why do they keep throwing that that pass to the side like the bubble screens? And I was like, you know what? I don't know. I'm not sure. And like, they, at some point, the play calling has to get more creative. That's the offensive side and the defensive side. I understand wanting to have a game plan where you say we're better than you and we're going to we're, we're going to rely on our better players. We don't think you can beat us. Um, with your arm. And so we're going to play, you know, we're going to shut down the run game. I love that. It's also arrogant to a fault that you continue to stick with it. You and I were texting during the game to stick with it throughout the entire every play. They got beat deep was because they're in that they didn't make any defensive adjustments. There was no safety in the middle of the field at any time. Um, And, when Michigan figured that out, it just became jump ball and you're inevitably going to get uh, pass interference penalties when, when they figure that out and you have to have some kind of, some kind of, I don't know, the ingenuity on, um, on the defensive side of the ball. And so I guess I'm, I'm pretty frustrated with that because I don't think that the Michigan team is better. They, they, played a better game they out coached they outplayed they outsmarted the uh the coaches from ohio state and I'm, i don't want them i don't want ryan day to be fired i'm not at that point he's won you know 45 games in four years or something um or whatever if i or i don't know a ridiculous <laughs> amount of games in a you know i think it's just four years um well but we do have to get better at adjustments especially on the defense you can't get smoked like that again um that was the most disappointing that the arrogance of the defensive play calling was was really what concerned me the most so i don't know what's your what's your take
0: yeah i mean i agree i agree let's start with the defense i think i agree with you we texted during the game it it didn't it seemed like they were being overly aggressive for really no point you know, like, and once you you saw that the, you know, Michigan quarterback could throw it more than five feet, like there was a guy wide open down the field, like he was gonna, like you can hit that's like a high school open, yeah. type of situation. Um, you know, I I mean, my thought with their their uh, Michigan's offense is not that good. They're a good running offense, but like if you make them go 10 plays like they're something's going to go wrong in one of those 10 plays and they're not going to score a touchdown. Right. But if you give them a chance to bust open a a free play to go down the field, like they're going to do it, you know, like even that one,
1: the first big play. And it like, you know, it looks on, on camera, like it would have not only got a first down and more and yet it's mistakes like that, that I don't, I don't know. Or like the, the guy Headbutting the Michigan player uh, right. to make it a first and thirty-five. Like Urban Meyer had his has his faults personally, coaching wise. Obviously, it didn't you know work out in the NFL. He that kind of stuff didn't happen when he was the coach. Um, like players rarely lost control. And like the other thing, I guess I was thinking about this. Urban Meyer like would always, almost always lose like a, and this kind of starts to transition into like my larger rant about college football is like Urban Meyer would, would always, who's always good for like a October loss against Purdue or like Northwestern, you know, something like that would, would usually, usually happen. Um, that that's not going to happen under Ryan day. They're going to blow out Purdue or Iowa, whoever they play 50 to, you know, 20, but man, Urban Meyer always had this this game prepared, up out coached uh Harbaugh every single time they met. Like, and I have a question for you about that. Like, would you rat like, you know, it's is it better to lose to a random bad team in October and win? the rivalry game against Michigan or win all your regular season games and then lose the rivalry game to a highly ranked um, opponent in Michigan. I mean, I think this one's pretty easy for
0: me. I'm not an Ohio state fan, but I think, you know, I've lived vicariously through you as Ohio state fan long enough that you got to win the rivalry game. Like I texted you that he has to be on the hot seat. You can't lose two in a row to Michigan. You just can't like, and, like, and that's that's you, the world that Urban Meyer you,
1: created, like because it was not like that before, um, and Jim Trestle created, yeah,
0: good, right? But but yeah, I mean, but that's the modern yeah, you know oh, yeah. reality that we live in. Uh, I think that the the rivalry games, so Ohio State, in my opinion, and so let's take it with a grain of salt, lives in this world every year, right? You beat Michigan, you get into the college football playoff, and you like try to be in the final game, right? Like they have championship aspirations every year and you beat Michigan to do that. That should be, those are the table stakes for our state every year. Yeah. If you lose to Purdue or whatever, it doesn't matter. Right. But you beat Michigan, you get into the playoff, right? That's you get into the big 10 championship game. You get into the playoff like that, that those are the things that, that matter. Um, and I think you're right that Ryan day hasn't come up big in those big games. Um, Yet, and maybe he can. Um, not saying he can, not but you know, it's a disturbing trend of of kind of uh, uh, tight play from his team. Yeah, you know, um, well, making those
1: yeah. the that that personal foul. If, I mean, the game is. I think it's a seven point game or a four point game at that point. That personal yeah. foul, getting it to first and thirty five. I mean that that right there blew blew any chance. Like that's just a wasted two minutes of time off the clock now. Like, yeah. so I I guess, so yeah, I'm frustrated about about all of that. And I guess like bringing it to the larger thing because the the rankings did come out and it's Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC. Um, USC lost to an inferior opponent in terms of like, uh, not as good as Michigan. They lost to Utah um, back in late October. There, they have one loss, just like Ohio State does. And college football is the only, I guess where I'm getting at, is the only sport that punishes you for losing late in the season. Yep. And so that's why I bring up that question. Like, it's be- yeah, it's better to lose to Purdue and ha- like it's the same record. You're still ten and one. It's better to lose to Purdue and beat Michigan than to wipe the floor with all. Like, that. and that's why. Like, I was thinking about it. You know, it was always frustrating those Urban Meyer games where they would go um, into Iowa or Wisconsin and lose those games, um, but they'd always come back and be in the conversation for college football playoffs. Now you're hoping for two things probably to happen or one thing to happen. Uh, TCU to lose or USC to lose. I guess it's it, it just the whole college football system is weird in that way. And that, that like you get, you get hurt for losing later, even though Michigan's a better team, Ohio state has better wins, all that, all that nonsense um, than USC um, USC is going to be ranked higher. Cause they lost earlier.
0: Yep. Yeah I mean I think I think that is you know kind of a similar way to um because there's people involved right there's a there's a recency bias similar to like voting for I don't know the Heisman for yeah. example or 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 any any uh, award that gets voted for guys with big moments later in the season are overshadowed from guys with big moments earlier in the season um and it's just I think that's just uh, unfortunately uh, the way it is. And I think when you be, and because of the way that it works is like when you lose, you drop down, right? So if you're in two, three, four and you lose, you drop, right? But then you start winning, then you go back up again, right? right? So, so if you lose early, USC probably dropped down to, I don't know, 11 or something. And then they kept winning. And so they move back up, right? So when you're at the, the Michigan game, and you lose, you don't have another game to move back up. Right. You don't have the
1: ground, the time to make up that ground. Yeah,
0: exactly. Which is another reason why, you know, that rivalry game is incredibly important, right? Because uh, it's the biggest game in the Big Ten short of the Big Ten Championship, right? Right. Um, That's the only other game that if you lost, you would probably drop you out of the top four.
1: Okay. So now rant about the Big Ten. The Big Ten has never, ever done itself any favors in the sense that Big Ten schedule is eight games. The other conferences play seven. So that means um, while, while Alabama, getting ready for the, uh, let me get this right, getting ready for the Iron Bowl, played like, I don't know, Alabama-Birmingham or some like, you know, mid-major, um, mm-hmm. mid-major school. Ohio State went on the road to play Maryland. Michigan had to fight off Illinois, a, you know, a ranked right. Illinois team. Like, if the Big Ten complains that they don't get – like, I think the Big Ten and the SEC are the two premier football conferences. Um, maybe the SEC is a little bit better, but the, I think they're on on par with another. Well, if you're complaining about the SEC getting multiple teams and then stop scheduling eight games, stop scheduling – like. I understand it takes away from the rivalry, but the Big Ten championship game just happened last week. And Purdue, at 8-4, and is going to play Michigan. Like, come on. That game should be Ohio State-Michigan. Those two. And so, like, the Big 12, the Pac-12 have it right. They did away with their divisions. You know, I don't think the Big 12 had enough teams to have divisions anyway. And they said, top team's playing second team. And so if we came back with another Ohio State-Michigan game, it would be a little weird, but you know what? Like, yeah. It, you're not putting – every conference is putting their – except except for the Big Ten is putting their two best teams, most likely. SEC still does conferences, so I guess they're a little uh, fluky too, but usually it works out. Um, are putting their two best teams in the conference championship game. Big Ten doesn't do that. And so, like you're you're hurting yourself and hurting the conference, so you can have this like rivalry. You know, you know who who are the three biggest teams in in the Big Ten, uh, the three best teams. It's Ohio State, it's Penn State, it's Michigan, and they all in the same all in the same division. So you're never going to have the top two teams play in that game, and you're never going to have two teams. You know, m- uh, maybe this year will be the lucky year. You very rarely will you get two teams in in the four team playoff because you you hurt yourself by like that. It's uh, frustrating. Yep, yep,
0: and I, I think you're right, and I think they hurt their resume, right? So if teams like Georgia and Alabama have good resumes because they play the toughest teams at the end of the season, right? Like it's not going to help Michigan to beat Purdue in the big 10 championship, it's going to give them a championship and it'll get them in the college football playoff, but it's not going to really help them like in in any way, as far as the college football. And if they were on the fringe, that's not going to jump them up above anybody, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. I I guess that's like, I guess that's the, the, yeah, the frustrating thing. Alabama played Austin. I don't even know how to say, is it P P P a P P E A Y. I don't even know how to pronounce the school's name that's who they played leading up to the iron bowl. Like, come on, you know, it. Right. it it's just, and, and you're, you're having uh, Ohio state go on the road to Maryland, Michigan's playing um, Illinois. It's, it's crazy what they ask their teams to do. And then you're upset when you only get one. I don't know. Yep. All right. Seems like got it off my chest. Room for improvement. All right. <laughs> well, I guess that now that they're bringing in USC, UCLA, they are gonna do away with divisions. Um and they are gonna end up doing the top two, uh, at least maybe not next year, but the week after, or excuse me, the year after, twenty twenty four, when those teams come in. So there is like relief on the horizon, but we'll already be to twelve teams then and none of that will matter. Right. Yeah. So. Then, yeah. Then, then a lot of more people
0: are getting the playoff and, and right. It, multiple teams in.
1: Yeah. All right. So, yeah.
0: So I guess with those rankings, um, did you, did they, I mean, it seems to me that that is the most logical teams at this point, right. At point in time rankings. Yeah. Uh, Georgia, Michigan, uh, TCU and USC. Those seem like the most logical four right
1: now. Yeah. And I was, I, I'll be honest. I was surprised that Alabama would, didn't get moved to five. Um, I thought the, the committee fawns over the sec so much that they would put Alabama in that position. Should one of the other teams falter um, that they would be the ones to get in. But I guess that's, that's my question um, for you is who is locked in that. So of those four who can lose championship Saturday and still be in
0: uh, Georgia and Michigan can lose and still be in. TCU, I think, is fluky of a team enough. Like, I, I think that they're a little bit paper tigers. Um, so I think if they lose, they're out. And USC already has one loss. So if they get to two, they're out. Um, those two, I think,
1: um, are are on the on the verge of going out. Okay. Does that make sense? So those are th- those two are the only must must wins. Like is there yes. Yeah. Um do you see any circumstance where TCU loses and they still make it?
0: I don't think so. I mean, I think I think if TCU loses, they'd rather have Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State than TCU, right? Well, a one-loss TCU yeah, team. Yeah, so
1: the the only team it looks like that it could be is is Alabama, because um, I think Clemson they lost last week too. They're at nine. Oh, okay, um, okay. Yeah. So I think if TCU lost, if both those teams lost, then you'd probably have Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, um, Alabama, right.
0: I, th- I think that's right. So yep. I,
1: I guess the biggest shock to me was that they didn't set up in you know because Alabama and Ohio State you can't flip flop them now because they're they're idle this week they're not playing so right that, both of them are right idle. so that they yep. put they did not put Alabama in the heir apparent seat should one of those teams lose that was a that was a big shock to me
0: right yeah and I, I think you they kind of set up that Ohio State at 5 idle Alabama at 6 idle Tennessee at 7 idle Penn State obviously idle as well. Right. So um you know Clemson beating North Carolina is not going to jump them up from 9 to to 4.
1: So Right. I think those are all in the order that they are going to stay in. Exactly. Um, so it it'll just be what happened. Yeah, well so those two those two games are the ones that matter the most. Then I I, I yep. agree with you. I think if uh, yep. if either of those teams falters, then Ohio State gets gets their uh, opportunity. Now, what they do with that, I have no idea. Um, but we just bashed right. them for set, twenty minutes. Would, but... <laughs> yeah, it would
0: set them up for a big <laughs> Georgia showdown uh, in the semifinal. Right. So that would be tough. A tough assignment, for certainly. Sure. All right, right, let's do a little, let's do a little, uh, soccer sandwich here and do, do soccer in the middle and jump back to the NFL. All right. Um, so today, Tuesday, I'm still pretty jazzed from it. Um, us, uh, beats Iran one, nothing makes it to the knockout round. Um, so they, they tied Wales in a game that I think that they would probably be pretty disappointed to tie. Uh, Wales only scored that one goal against the U S on a penalty kick. Um, on a a play that was not needed the foul in the box was a right. foul but not needed um and so that was that was wales's only goal in the tournament um so i think us would be pretty is pretty disappointed getting that tie but then they went on and tied england zero zero in a game that they i think that they played well england didn't look super interested in uh stretching out their their team too much there they knew that they could probably continue to advance with a tie and they did but u.s um uh guys boys there i mean the average age 24 super young roster as ben talked about last week um you know played well against england and then the game against iran which felt you know u.s scored in 35th minute or something like that so like there was 60 minutes of protecting that one nothing lead after that it kind of felt like um a baseball game where like a uh a game seven where your team goes up like one nothing in the third inning <laughs> and just holds on like just just it, it probably, hangs tight for six six innings of of guys getting on yeah, and you know this
1: is going to be a random reference It it, it yeah. i didn't get to watch i i i will admit i did sneaks and peeks at the at the game while i was in my meeting um and i had it you know sort of playing a little bit in the car on the way home but um i couldn't watch it i'm sure it felt a lot like the 2011 game 5 uh, NLDS the cardinals um phillies right yes, like absolutely. They scored in the yep. first inning and then it's like are yeah okay hold yeah. hold the line <laughs> yeah you know um so let me can i ask you a couple questions about this game cuz i i you you watched it or you, you yep. i didn't get to see all of it in your a lot yep. more versed in soccer than I am. So nine minutes of extra time.
0: Yeah, so there's been, an uh, in this World Cup, there's been a concerted effort to make sure that there is the appropriate amount of, well, they've been trying to make up for time wasting more this World Cup than I've ever seen. It's been almost in every game um, that they've had big numbers of extra time. Um, not just this one. And I, I don't, I think that's a concerted effort across the the referees to make sure that they do that. It makes for a dramatic ends to a lot of these games uh, and a, a bunch of tired legs, but it wasn't out outside of the norm of the world so, Cup
1: so far. Okay. And now two questions about that is, is there literally somebody standing there every time the ball goes out, every time a player goes down, every time it's time between goals, whatever it might be like hitting a watch and keeping track of how much time is, is not action.
0: Yes. So the referee has a watch on his arm. Okay. And so he's the only one that has the actual time. So the, the clock that we see starts going immediately, right? But Running if clock. a play, you know, and usually with a throw in or a goal kick or whatever, he's not going to stop the clock. Right. But if there's an injury or there is, you know, some obvious uh, time wasting, he'll like very obviously go to his watch and like, stop it. Right. So he's like, you know, you're trying to waste time, but it's not really wasting any time because it's all um, going to get added on. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But the, the, you know, it's always going to be time wasting because you can never add on all of the time. That you wasted. Right. <laughs> you know, like um, it's not gonna I mean maybe it could be start going to like 15 minutes and stuff, that's, but um so yeah, so the referee is the only person that has the actual time. He communicates at you know at, at 90 minutes how much
1: approximate that's addition. My next is question actually. is do yeah. the players learn the same time we do pretty much Yes. Yeah. So what the, an the absolute referee. kick in the gut. Like you played one-nothing, yeah. 90 minutes. And you're like, yeah. oh, my gosh, nine more minutes now? Like, <laughs> nine more minutes, yeah. 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 Oh, man. So, like, they,
0: they hold up a sign on the side, yeah. like, where, where the subs come in, that has the number of minutes left. And the coaches definitely see it. Um, the players probably all look over and
1: see it, but I'm sure it gets yelled out. Yeah, so right. Communicated. Been, uh, yeah. Whew. Yeah. What a yeah. uh, – it's, it's brutal. What yeah. – I mean, you said it in your text, like, just sweating out those last – and, like, I, I know that they – uh, the Iranian team was complaining about a possible
0: penalty here. Yeah, so there was so at the end there was a um, a play where uh, Iran got the ball in, uh, like kind of flicked it in, and the player was running uh, with the U.S. player. The U.S. player kind of put his arm on him, mm-hmm. and he and as soon as he felt that, he just fell down. You know, like kind of a, a dive, a definite yeah. dive. Uh, I'm biased, but it, he didn't like knock him down. Right. So kind of like he, he felt instead of going for the ball, he just fell down hoping for a penalty. Yeah. It was pretty, it was a pretty weak play in my opinion. And I, I think probably from the sideline, it looked like more cause they're further away, but it, it wasn't a penalty and they went to the video review. They did VAR, um, okay. Yeah. And thankfully the, the video review agreed that there was just, it just wasn't anything there. Um, It was a pretty, a pretty light um, situation, but it it was, it was nervy because they got it in basically one-on-one of the goalie um, and uh, decided to go down instead of trying to kick it. So,
1: all right. So now uh, the United States advances next week. Yeah. Netherlands. Netherlands,
0: Netherlands on Saturday morning. Um, should be should be a fun one i think you know at this is why i think this this game was so nervous is that this was the um what they needed to do right now they're pretty much in the round of 16 i think it's it's pretty much house money at this point yeah for them. they're playing great. a really good team a top 5 ten team in the world um and so whatever happens at this point if they get past if they don't if they play a good game if they don't you know i think the rest is is gravy and it should be fun um but this one they needed to get past iran a team they were definitely better than um to get through so that's that's why this one was definitely really nervous but
1: um i'm happy with it okay so then a quick quick loop look at these next groups like saudi arabia obviously was a was a big story winning that first game against argentina um and then argentina came back and won their next game so i think that's group c plays tomorrow and group d play tomorrow as well i think right
0: yeah yeah so they they play the last games, the last two games at of time, the right? at the same time so there's no kind of gamemanship yeah. where you know what happened in that game so that means that you know you can do xyz um so there's uh let's see who i who we have tomorrow um, so yeah, Poland plays Argentina, which both teams are actually on top of the group. Um, so a tie there probably takes them both through. Um, Saudi Arabia plays Mexico, who has struggled, um, but Saudi Arabia could probably get Saudi through Arabia with the win there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Saudi Arabia could get through with the win there. Mexico pretty much set up for so spoiler only there.
1: Looks like Poland is win and tie in there. In yeah, so it, a lot of win your ends here. It's a, yeah, a, a tie won't. Quite do it if Saudi Arabia is able to beat Mexico. Uh, that's kind of yes, yes, cool exactly. To, uh, yeah, pay attention yep.
0: to. Well, a tie will get Poland through if Saudi Arabia beats Mexico, right. but it won't get Argentina through. Yes. so that's that's kind of like when teams have uh, different incentives there. So Argentina is definitely going for the win, and there, so now as they should because they already have a loss on their on their record.
1: Gold differential is what brings it not head to head. So even though Saudi Arabia beat Argentina, Argentina yep. would be ahead due to goal differential.
0: Yeah, goal differential wow. is your
1: first first tiebreaker Ooh. there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. um yeah. interesting. So then France and Australia are in position uh in the in the other group. Um then oh what are Germany's chances? Uh oh. Yeah Germany Germany's struggled right? a little
0: bit so far. That's that's Germany and Belgium I think struggling have been the story of the uh, of the tournament. Um, you know, another team I thought would be down Portugal is, you know, put through two wins, but Germany is a tie and a loss. And so, you know, they're not out, they're not out of reach. Um, nobody's automatically qualified from there, but let's see who Germany has. They have Costa Rica. So that's probably, uh, a team that they could put a bunch of goals past. So they're, they're going to try to get to four points there. Um, and Spain and Japan, they play they play each other. Believe, if I have
1: right so if Spain um, yes beats Japan uh, then and Germany wins that would so Germany is is rooting for a, a Spanish win but Spain doesn't need a win it looks like to get to get through they should right. be yeah they should be good
0: yeah Spain should be good with a tie uh, Japan. Spain tie would be interesting depending on how many goals Germany can get past. Um so if they can get at least 3 goals past Costa Rica, uh they should go through instead of Japan. So Japan also still playing for the win there. Um so Germany's hoping for either a, a Spain runaway or a, or a tie and they get a bunch past right, Costa okay. Rica. So it's not, not, uh, not out of the realm, Uh, quite possible for Germany, but really not, not a good,
1: not a good start to the tournament. Right now, uh, Ben called Belgium being in trouble.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, they did, they did lose. So they, they are on the outside looking in right now with Croatia and Morocco, both on four points. Um, doesn't, doesn't mean that they're out of it. They could beat Croatia and, and go through. Um, but a tie would not help them, uh, Canada is at zero points so far playing spoiler they I made some crucial a- mistakes where they they <laughs> their coach uh, publicly said that they were going to uh expletive Croatia he told his team that they were gonna expletive Croatia mm-hmm. and then told the media that he told his team that they're gonna do that surprise surprise Croatia comes out fired up and destroys them like four four to one, like surprise, surprise. You, uh, insulted, uh, the other country you're playing and then told the media about it. And the other team was fired up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it seems like you might want to go back and do that one differently next time.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Back to the, back to the inspirational drawing Um, board for them. Um, and then in G and H Portugal and Brazil are both on top of those with, with six wins and the other team, Ghana, with Portugal and Switzerland are on three. So they look to be ahead uh, right now with, with one to play. So um, that one should be, those ones are, are pretty much in, in good position. Cameroon has Brazil and um, you know, e- either way. Um, wait, Switzerland is in second. Yeah. So yeah. Switzerland's in second. So um, Brazil will probably beat Cameroon and Switzerland will um, win or tie to, to move on.
1: Okay, so that so, ends yeah. on Friday. That's the last groups end on Friday.
0: Yeah. All right. And yeah, and the uh, the um, stages, the round of sixteen start on Saturday and Sunday. So there'll be another game on uh, Saturday with the U.S. and England plays Senegal on Sunday. I think that's the only other one that's that's set so far. All right. Um, so that should be a real fun set up another good weekend of sports. Last last weekend on Sunday, we had world cup games, like a, a quadruple header of world cup games, then into football. That was a
1: really fun. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Keep that really rolling. Fun Sunday.
0: So right. let's roll into football. Quick, quick let's, football. Let's roll right in football.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I put together a couple of uh, quick hitters for you. We're, yeah. we're two thirds of the way through the season. We check in on some of the big stories. So um my first one is, You are Robert Sala. Is Mike White your starting quarterback the rest of the year? So I'll –
0: I say yes. The short answer is yes. The long answer is I think it it was important, I think, to continue to bank the wins this season. Um, It was going to be fairly easy for them – to continue with Zach Wilson and lose games that they should win like they did against, um, new England. Right. Even so it took a, a 20 seconds left punt return to beat them. Right. Yeah. Um, so a a game they should have won probably if they had Mike White in that game, they would have won. Um, so, you know, there's this kind of dichotomy between the development of Zach Wilson and the, they're playing well. Um, I don't think it's a binary choice in in this instance because Zach Wilson has played. He was injured a little bit last year, but he's played this year, and we've kind of seen what he's capable of. I don't know if another couple games are going to make a big difference for him. For him, it seems like the problem is maturity and preparedness and you know, taking responsibility for one's actions yeah. and, and that sort of thing that he can learn on the bench. Right. And me, ma- you know, and somebody made a point and I'm going to keep going. I'm sorry, Tim, yeah, but um, I forget who I was listening to, but I made a point that, you know, any, everybody that makes it to the NFL, like they're the best player on their Pee-wee team. They're the best player in high school, right? They're the right. prom King there. They are covered in adulations. They go to, the, the college, they're the big man on campus, right? Everything is about them. They, and then they go to the NFL and every single other person has that exact same experience almost. Right. Um, so they're not like, it's not so easy for them and everything is not, um, just, just handed to them and coddled and all of that stuff. Right. And so all of a sudden you're with a whole bunch of people that are, are as good as you. Right. And you need to rely on more than, just your your talents to get through and i think sometimes it takes time like look at geno smith who's having a great year right he sat he played he sat around he backed up he learned right i think i have talked about in other pods there's more than one path right to be a star quarterback right it's not just right right from college you play right away and you're great and you're a star You forget two oh was
1: benched multiple times
0: Right. Um, and and his coach hated him yeah. last year. Right. <laughs> and this year he, he gets along with his coach. Like he's playing great. You know, I think there's more than um, there's more than simple on the field play that m- manifests itself on the field, if that makes sense. Yeah.
1: So I think I, I agree. I think it's Mike White the rest of the way, no matter what happens, if somehow they're out of it in the last, which I hope that's not the case, uh, in the last week of the season, then go ahead and play Zach Wilson, like whatever. Um, but you know, Mike White's played four games in the NFL and, um, has had two, 300 plus passing games, two, three touchdown games. I mean, if he were the one that was drafted number two, we'd be saying what a great pick. And you know, he's, we're riding with him the rest of the year. Um, we're not because he's, Started the third-string quarterback. He was a fifth-round draft pick. He's been cut a bunch of times. Um, but, yeah, maybe this is his path, that you're talking exactly what you're talking about. Um, I think he got to a point for the Jets, two things. One is that, uh, yeah, Zach Wilson did not display the maturity enough to continue to be the starting quarterback of that team. And it was impossible for Sala to look the other players' In the eye and say we're doing everything we can to get ourselves into the playoffs, when everyone knows that Mike White, right now at least, is a better quarterback. And the second thing, I think it's great to sit down, Zach Wilson. It looks like he has the yips; like he's tentative, he's thinking too much. He's like he's in. Case, you know, I, I watch these Dan Orlovsky uh, like breakdowns on Twitter. Have you watched those? No, uh, he like Mm-mm. just basically goes through like what a, what a quarterback is looking at. And like, he did it for Mike white. And he was like, Mike white made it through his four reads in under like a second where Zach Wilson, that would have taken three, like three seconds. And mm-hmm. by that point you have someone bearing down on you, you're throwing balls up in the air. Like, so I think it got to that point where like, Zach Wilson's lost a lot of the mechanics that made him so desirable in that draft process. Um, so I think it's, I think you got to go Mike White the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, to that point about, you know, the processing speed that you don't necessarily learn that on the field, right? That you you can learn that off the field. You know, Mike White hasn't gotten that yeah, You didn't but learn he,
1: that on the field yet. Yeah. Right.
0: He, yeah, obviously hasn't learned it you know, on the, you know, a regular season NFL field. Um, So I think, but also, as I probably say too much, Tim, football is a game of emotion, right? The guys in the locker room absolutely will fight for Mike White. Zach Wilson, I think they could take Irma or level you know? And maybe he's kind of like, you know, the lack of a better true, maybe he's a little bit of a douche, you know? Like, yeah. And, you know, when when you're like, struggling and the quarterbacks kind of like, you know, annoying, um, cough, look at Russell Wilson, right. Um, these things go downhill, but if there's a guy that you're like, Oh yeah, like I know he's going to get me the ball. Like I'm really rooting for this guy. Like I'm going to run my hardest route and he's going to give me the ball and bing, bang, boom. It happens. You know, like those things kind of snowball and right. And you're, you're running harder routes and the blocking harder. And like, it's just, it's all emotion based on who, the quarterback is right. And, and if I, we talk about the coach of the team being like the CEO, cause they're out there, they have to do all of the media availabilities and stuff. The quarterback has to do that too. They're like the, the, I don't know, board president, right. Of yeah. the team, they have to do interviews too all the time where running backs and whatever don't necessarily have to do them all the time. Um, so you know, there's responsibilities at quarterback in the NFL beyond just having a strong arm, right? There's reading the defenses. There's being a good teammate. There's being a leader. You're a le- you're the leader of the team, whether you want to be or not. And um, the person I was listening to uh, compared to uh, uh, Zach Wilson to Jalen Hurts, right? Um, where Jalen Hurts, you know, we all saw benched for Tua in the national championship game didn't pout like was the first guy out there cheering. And when we was called on again, he was ready to play in the same game. Right. Yeah. Um, then he transferred to uh, Oklahoma end. and uh, he was elected like a week and a half later, they elected him captain. Right. So like, I think there are intangibles there that um, matter, maybe not more than physical talent, um, but at the quarterback position, Maybe just as much.
1: Uh, I 100. It. I. I think it might even be, they matter more. Like, yeah. Mike White is not the athlete that Zach Wilson is, but he's the better quarterback right now because he has, he has those leadership traits that Zach Wilson doesn't have.
0: Right, and and to your point, like uh, earlier in the season and now the, the comments have been. Um, you know, uh, anti Zach Wilson comments in um, absentia. I had the right word, but um, by um, just not even naming him, yeah. right? Where they, where Garrett Wilson said Joe Flacco throws a more catchable, catchable ball, ball. Yeah. right? And all of these good quotes about you know uh, Mike White, like, oh, he's worked so hard. Implication being. Other people not working so hard, right?
1: Like there's, there's these things going on behind the scenes in this facility. That was the most damning one. Like, you know, so uh, keep going. Sorry.
0: No, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, the, the comments that you have read through and you sent me like that are about Mike White, but the reason that Mike White sticks out to them is because the level is so low in other places. Yeah. Um, and nothing against Mike White. He's a great guy. He probably works really hard. But, you know, I think by making those comments, they're saying that others aren't doing that, what Mike White is doing. Right. Like, they're not saying everybody works hard. They're saying Mike White works hard. Well, what's what's Zach Wilson doing? Playing video games? I don't know. Going out on Tinder dates? Who knows? Right. right. That's his own business. But if he wants to be good NFL quarterback, like, he needs to be doing the things that Mike White is doing. Right. And, and maybe he can learn that on the bench. And it's, you know, from the initial things, it seems like he was like, Oh yeah, you know what? I, I screwed up. Right. <clears throat> and because he's the quarterback, you have to do these uh, media availabilities, whether you like it or not. And whether you like it or not, everybody on your team like gets that information, right? What you say there is an address to your team, whether you like it or not. Right. You're not just answering questions, whether did you let your team down and you're like, no, like you should know that your team is listening to that, whether you're giving a rousing speech in the locker room or not. Anyway, that was was a long story, but you know, I think there's a lot in there. Um, and kind of, you know, it, it, it is a, a good discussion. Uh, good, uh, discussion that there's a lot underneath i'm trying to think of the the thing that the titanic ran into iceberg um iceberg right so just the zach wilson mike white thing is the tip of the iceberg but there's a whole bunch underneath about what makes a good quarterback and 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 that sort of thing
1: yeah so anyway um all right so we're in agreement there um one of these teams has to make the playoffs who's it going to be seahawks or giants both are fading who's fading harder
0: I think, I think it's the Giants because I think their rise wasn't as the rise was a little bit more, um, artificial than the Seahawks. Um, both I had, I thought the Giants were going to be pretty good and I think they are pretty good, but a lot of their wins have been a little bit fluky and, and fortunate where the Seahawks have kind of played better however the Seahawks defense was terrible at the beginning of the year got better and now appears to be brought back down to earth so they're a little bit shaky but
1: in that I would I would pick the Giants okay so you think the Giants have the edge I I don't know I mean let's we uh, we got to do the Jeff Roman um, what what do the schedules say Yeah. Um, yeah, well the Giants have a have a um, abnormally
0: easy schedule throughout the entire year. Um so they but we still can look and see how much of it we have left.
1: They've got the Commanders twice. They have the right. Eagles twice. I'm going to give them one and three in those. Um then they have the Colts, which I'll give them a win, and the Vikings on the road. Ooh. I don't know. They got they they have the toughest part of their schedule left. I I think
0: I think they I mean they're the, 9 and the, 8. Yeah. The Commanders on their schedule twice makes it very easy for the Commanders to leapfrog them. Right. The Commanders are are 7 and 5, right? They're tied in the win column. They're yeah. And oh yeah. Yep. So uh a win even this week and they leapfrog them, right? right? So it's it's the Giants are in a precarious position despite their quite fortunate season to this point. Um, it, it's a little bit,
1: uh, a little bit tenuous. Um, and we can look at the Seahawks, Seahawks schedule. They have the, the Rams, Rams this week uh, where they're more than a touchdown favorite. They're yeah. at home against uh, the stop, drop and roll Sam Darnold led Panthers. Yeah. Um, then they have the 49ers, the chiefs, the jets and the Rams. That's equally yeah, I mean, tough. I, yeah.
0: But I think with the two Rams games, there's, there's, and the Panthers game, there's three wins in there, right? They could go, they could go three and three and they would be nine and eight. Okay. Right? And that would, that would probably get them in the playoffs. Whereas the Giants could lose more games than they win down the stretch.
1: Yeah. I, this is one I'm, I don't know. This one's going to be interesting because I don't think both of them, uh, both of them can make it the way that the commanders are gelling and coming together. Um, so one of them is probably going to fade, fade on, fade away.
0: Well, I mean, the good thing about, I mean, good thing for them about seven, uh, seven wild, seven total playoff teams yeah. is there's one, only one of them is going to be on the outside looking in. Right. Um, so it's, it's going to be the giants, the commanders
1: or the Seahawks. One of those three is going to be on the outside looking in. Okay. So give me. The winner of the most atrocious division in uh, this in this league uh, that no one seems to want to win the NFC South. Um,
0: Can I say the Panthers? Would that be crazy if the Panthers won? They're only one (laughs) game out in the win column, two in the loss column. Uh, Not crazy at all. That'd be the, the so the Bucks are five and six, are leading the division at five and six. Falcons are five and seven. Uh, second place. Panthers and Saints are four and eight in third and fourth, uh, respectively. Yes. Um. Both the Saints and the I. I don't know. I guess I think the Falcons are kind of running out of gas. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think you're right about that. But the Panthers are Saint. I. I don't know. Like it's hard to tell what to get from the Panthers. Sam Darnold. Uh, is uh, is really played well in his one game. Uh, so. I don't know. Something's wrong with the Bucks. Uh, they should be so much better than they are. Uh, I still think the Bucks win it. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I still think they come out and win it. A wise. A wise
1: uh, man named Jeff Roman once said, uh, "I'm not. I'm not betting against Tom Brady. You know, or like Tom. What was it? Something about Tom Brady's. Uh, every time I think Tom Brady's dead, he's not." Um, yeah, yeah. so I, I can never, I can never cut that, cut out or uh, count out touchdown. Time. Yeah. I just can't like, so I'm not going to do it either. I'm not going to do it here. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and then right. probably the biggest story of the week from a standpoint of, uh, you know, we've been looking forward, not, not look, not looking forward to it, but looking towards this all year is that, um, Deshaun Watson returns this week or can return this week and my question for you is what's the point? I mean, I think
0: have you know not played having not played in 2 years at this point basically. Um this is for the 4 and 7 Browns is probably going to be like a 5 game preseason, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, a tryout kind of, I mean, he's got a fully guaranteed contract, so he's not going anywhere. Um, but I think just him playing will probably give them some, I don't know. Momentum is not the right word, but just information about their team going forward, like with such a layoff and, and coming to a different team, is he going to be the same quarterback that he was, um, I don't know. I, I think it's, it, it's important, I think, for him to play for Cleveland, their fans, and for him to show them something because I think it's been kind of icky, <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. Right. Um, for lack of a better term, so far through that transaction. Um, and I think they'll want to see something. Everybody will want to see something. Even Watson will probably want to see something from himself.
1: So I think that's the reason. I think it's, yeah, I think it's what you mainly, what you mainly said, which is like, this guy hasn't played in two years. That's why he needs to play. Not, you know, it's not going to, they're not making the playoffs. Um, So the reason to have him play, you know, who cares is because the best thing, or the best way you said it, I think is like, this is, This is a preseason for a guy that's been out for two years. So, um, you know, he's going to need to dust off quite a bit of rust, I'm sure. And uh, they've got a third of the season to do it. So, Right. I mean, they have Houston
0: um, this week, who's barely an NFL team Mm -hmm. remaining. Um, And let's see. They've got the Bengals, which should be a very tough game. Um, the Ravens, the Saints, who have a tough defense, the Commanders, and the Steelers—like they don't have beyond the Texans—they don't have uh, any cupcakes left. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think if they there's there's six games and say they go like, you know, I don't know, four and say they go four and two across air and Watson is throwing dimes, and they end up the season eight and nine or whatever, I think they would feel pretty good yeah, going good. into the next it's good year. Taste of the um, so that that is what they're gonna be looking for mm-hmm. um, uh, I think yeah i can't I can't make myself be excited about it, but I think that's what the Cleveland franchise and fans would want agreed
1: all right, so all right. on to week thirteen quickly um so the big games that I said uh, I maybe mean, you can just give me a what you think is the um not not like the the key to the game or anything but like what what's what's the big storyline here so start quick Bills okay. Patriots um
0: is the are the Patriots offense that we saw this week more real than the Patriots offense we saw last week against the Jets mm. um which which one are they and
1: uh can the Bills continue to kind of stack the way e- eke out those wins because that's they're, they're not yeah. blowing them out anymore they're eking them out um but yeah i agree yeah we'll, we'll learn it's a big game uh because everything's so tightly packed in that afc east the patriots are two games behind uh the bills they own the tiebreaker over the jets um so this is the first of their two games with the bills um they they need this one if they have any chance of staying alive in the division um Jets Vikings what's the storyline here You know I think the storyline is what we talked about Mike White was playing
0: against Chicago who Houston notwithstanding might have the worst defense in the league um can he do it again against the Vikings a defense that's not great but it's better yeah um against an you know we'll have to score against an offense you know keep up with an offense that's better than Chicago with uh, with Trevor Simeon. Yeah. So that one is kind of like a, you know, I know Minnesota may have kind of locked up the number two seed, but I don't think they're necessarily for real. Both of these teams are fighting for
1: being for real, yeah. I guess. I, I, um, I think this is big for what you said, Mike White factor. Also, the Jets defense has been terrific. They have had... Uh, the benefit of going up against a number of backup quarterbacks now is the opportunity to go up against what is a legit top five offense with a playmaker at every position and to demonstrate the defense is not just good at knocking around, um, what do you call it, the, uh, the backup quarterbacks and the Mac Joneses of the league, but are capable of holding their own against uh, legit offense. I agree. Um, All right, so Uh, Commanders-Giants. Yeah, I
0: mean, yeah, we talked about this one a little bit. Like, one of these teams can knock the other team out of the playoffs. Right. You know, two wins against the other team in three weeks, and uh, they're out of the playoffs. Either way. Uh, one to one maybe they're both in, um, depending on what happens in Seattle. So this this one is a big uh, kind of... uh, leapfrog game where yep one keen to jump over and, the and so puts
1: the them in command pun intended uh oh there of you go their, of their destiny um <laughs> uh, dolphins 49ers the return of uh or the mcdaniel revenge game or i don't know what you want to somebody's revenge game uh but certainly mcdaniel is of the 49ers coaching tree um so what's beyond that is there anything uh anything here
0: I mean this is strength against strength of the Dolphins offense against the 49ers right. defense. That that is is McDaniel's McDaniel, apostrophe S's offense right. <laughs> uh capable of beating a good defense. Um we've seen it score a lot of points. Um and and then on conversely like is the 49ers offense able to do enough against the the pretty bad Miami defense to uh to keep up? With with Miami, if they end up running up and down the field, um, this one is is another kind of for real bowl, right? Where the 49ers and Dolphins are both like good records so far, but they're kind of like need a measuring stick to how, see how good they really yeah, are.
1: Yeah, this will be a big. This might be the biggest game of um, of the week. Um, yeah. Or this one could be the biggest game of the week. Bengals hosting the Chiefs. Uh, yeah. Rematch of the AFC Championship game. What's the storyline here? I
0: love. There's so many good ones this week. I love it. It's. A, there's sometimes you can pick like a couple. There's so many good ones. Um, I I think the Bengals might be. Uh, You've been on the Bengals all year. I've been kind of hot and cold in them. Uh, I think they are heating up at the right time, mm-hmm. and they played a great game against Tennessee without Mixon, without Chase. Chase coming back for this one. Uh, this is kind of um, you know I know the Bengals beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game but it still feels like a little brother big brother game Mm -hmm. with the Chiefs being the big brother Um, Bengals again probably trying to measure themselves against the Chiefs Um, and uh, I don't know this one would be interesting but I think this is kind of like this is is AFC
1: uh, divisional round
0: preview kind of game
1: for me. Yeah this is um, I mean it's you could make an argument that the winner of this game is, is the best team in the AFC. Um, yeah. You know, right now, as far as the playoffs go, uh, Kansas city is nine and two, the Bengals are seven and four, but if the Bengals win, and they get into first place. They then own the tiebreaker for home field. If, if they, if uh, Kansas city falters at one other point, well, this is a pretty big game. So uh, it, with possible home field advantage being on the line, it, it's uh, um, it ends up being being huge. Um, and then uh, it's only big because the or the division is so terrible. Uh, Saints Bucks uh have traditionally had some good games. Uh, I don't know if this one's as exciting, other than just slugging it out for those uh, whoever's going to win this division. Yeah, I don't know
0: if this one is necessarily exciting, but it's important um, for the NFC South. Uh, I think the the Saints have traditionally had Tom Brady's number. I forget is this one in? Um, where is this one? This one is in. Wait it for it. It is in it. the Buccaneers. Okay, is at, it? The at the Buccaneers. Buccaneers yeah. So at the Buccaneers. So that that helps a little bit. I know in New Orleans he's had more problems, but um, this one is. Well, I, before the season, I picked the Saints to win this division. So this is, I guess, important for me, me <laughs> to, yeah, for the Saints to win, um, to, for the Saints to win this one and and jump up over the Bucks. But uh, something is not quite right in in Bucks land. But I don't know if the Saints are the team that's going to take advantage yep. of that.
1: I I agree. Um, all right, fire me. Give me a pick. What do you got for me? Okay. Oh, okay. I'm going to go first. Okay. Um,
0: I like Miami plus four. Um, I got this at three and a half. I like it even better at four. I think this game is going to be close. I don't think San Francisco is going to blow out Miami. And I think Miami will be able to score enough when they need it to keep this one. Yeah.
1: Inside of a field goal. So I'm getting more than a field goal. So I'll take it. Uh, San Francisco only winning by 13 last week, sort of made me feel a little uneasy about, about that offense a little bit. Um, But maybe they were holding the playbook back a little bit. Who knows? Um, But that's, I wouldn't be surprised if this game was as tight as you're saying. I think that's a good pick. Um, All right. What you got? I'm going to go. It's Bronco hunting season, baby. (laughs) it is uh it is time to find them on the schedule and just go pick against them um ravens they uh i i, I have that you know i mean for my personal fandom it would probably be better if the broncos won but they're coming east they're playing at one o'clock they're shouting at each other and you know uh on the on the on the line they seem to really just be dysfunctional um Give me the Ravens minus eight. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with the Bronco hunting. They are
0: in disarray. And I think that one uh, is pretty much a lost season for them. Yeah, And they may, they may pretty much quit on that. Um, funny stat that I heard. If the Broncos offense had scored at least 18 points, every game in regulation, 18 points, they would have been nine into. Yeah. Yeah. Tremendous defense, tremendously terrible offense. It's been uh, – which is not not what anyone expected. No, not at all. Uh, my second pick is Jacksonville, minus one and a half in Detroit. Uh, I like – I've liked Jacksonville um, since the beginning of the year, and they've kind of disappointed me a little bit. But I think they are showing – Um, A little bit of life here. Trevor Lawrence had his best game as a pro, I think, last week. Detroit's offense is good. Their defense is terrible. Uh, Jacksonville will continue their momentum. And uh, this one has a high total at 51 and a half, rightfully so. Um, And so I think Jacksonville is able to, to get this one by a field goal
1: yeah uh well you know the lions have been in been in games and have been you know they haven't been able to get the dirt out of the pants so um <laughs> if if you believe that then this is that's a good pick the if the, you know it's pretty much a pick them uh jaguars yep. win if even if they win by one uh i'm say i see it at one so i'll give it to you at one uh you okay. get a push i'll take one okay so, I'll, t- I'll take the one um I'm gonna go uh, with the <clears throat> with the Titans plus the five points that I'm um, allotted. Uh, they're playing the Eagles on the road. Um, I, I think Mike Vrabel's probably the the best coach in the NFL right now. Um, I know they uh, I know they didn't win last week, but I don't see them getting blown out here. So I think this is a one possession game. Um, Heading into heading into the fourth quarter, and you know I see this maybe being a field goal, um, so I'll take those five. I don't know that they win it, but I'll take the five points and pick the Titans.
0: Yeah, I think Philly is hurting a little bit on defense as well, um, so there may be some opportunities <clears throat> for Derrick Henry and yeah. and some of the other parts of their offense um, in Tennessee, uh, and Philly has shown the ability to eke out wins when they need to, and I think you're right. Getting the five points leaves you the space for Philly to eke out that. Yeah, win. all right. So, my last one is Pittsburgh mm, minus the one, one, minus the one and a half versus Atlanta. Atlanta, two teams I think going in opposite directions that the market hasn't quite uh, effectively fixed this yet. Yeah, um. Pittsburgh is playing better on offense with Kenny Pickett. Yep, they have TJ Watt back. Their their defense is uh, good enough. Atlanta is kind of the the shine has gone off Mariota a little bit. Kyle Pitts injured. Their defense has never been good. Yeah, I think I think basically a pick them. Up. I'll take Pittsburgh.
1: Um, I'm seeing it at one. So only being fair, okay. got to give it to you there. Uh, I think. One. I think you're right. Like T. J. Watt is like having 12 guys on defense. Like, yeah. Watching that game um, the other day, um, he was like a, a pass got knocked down in coverage, and they were like, uh, "Since so it was Monday night, they're like, and it was T.J. Watt with the pass break. I was like, "What? What is he doing? How is he there? He was he's a defensive end. How is he ten yards down the field? You know, breaking up passes." Um, so he's he's really a game changer. Pickett is is seems to, you know, be clicking a little bit better now. I, I think that's a good pick. Um I thought about going with that one for my third one. Um and to make it interesting, I'm going to in the in the interest of letting you try to come back because uh, <laughs> you you're dominating 46% win percentage versus my 44%. Yeah. Right. Um mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to be a homer all the way and take Mike White and the New York Jets on the road plus three against the the Vikings. I uh, I think the Jets defense is really good. They're going to be able to hold the uh, the Vikings to a manageable score in the teens or low twenties. And Mike White's just going to have to be Mike White and uh, you know distribute the ball again through to ten wide receivers. Yes, the uh, the Bears pass defense is pretty terrible. Vikings pass defense is not that much better. Um, the uh, what do you call it? The Patriots were able to put up in the 20s. They they they're not doing that with they haven't done that with Mac Jones like all year, pretty much. Um, so I I like the Jets' chances to uh to keep this close. Um, maybe even eke out a, uh, an outright win. Yeah, I, I think the uh
0: the new England scoring 26 and Mac Jones putting up 300 yards is, is uh troublesome for, for Minnesota. I thought about this one, but uh, you're going to let I'm me, you're going to let I'm me gl- do it. I'm, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I was going to let you
1: go for it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. All right. Anything, anything else before we get out of here? I think, uh, I think we wrapped it up. All good. Okay. All right. Um, so I know,
0: what I'm going to keep my eyes on. Oh, we got the World Um, Cup. Yeah.
1: Saturday morning. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's right. So keep your eyes glued to the World Cup round of 16 knockout round this weekend and keep your ears glued to Dynasty Sports Empire the podcast. We'll talk to you next week.
1: All right. Sounds good. All right. We're out. So realistically, do they have a chance to to uh, beat the Netherlands? Sure. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, uh, with soccer one game, like a lot of different
0: team, but the um, U.S. has struggled scoring the scoring goals, so yeah. I think it would have to be probably a one nothing situation where the U.S. got a fortunate bounce and was able to kind of hang for the rest of the um, Do they have an extra day of breath? um No, I don't think so, because England plays on Sunday, and England Okay. So the Netherlands played the same day as, as... Yeah. Okay. They played this morning. Okay. This morning. And we play this afternoon. Oh. Got it. So similar similar days of rest, um,
1: but less in And Senegal, whichever. Um, cool fun fact about Team USA that I only learned this weekend is that Matt Turner... Um, he's a goalie, right? Yep. He uh, is from... Park Ridge New Jersey which is um, the next town over is uh, the town I grew up in Wow yeah okay um, and he went to St Joe's Regional High School and um, we beat them in freshman baseball in the freshman county tournament so yeah you know, just a little back.